Thanks for joining us for Episode 1 of Season 4 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communication strategist, and here's a helpful hint. If you ever find something that looks really, really old and there are words on it, say, I don't know, Latin, do not read those words aloud. Can you read them to yourself? Uh, Well, I don't even know if I would do that, and definitely not three times. But yeah, maybe you just don't even, maybe just throw it away as quickly as you can. Read it backward. Or read it backwards, that'd be the safe way. That'd be uncasting whatever Whatever incantation that is. (laughs) I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, and I'm starting to get irritated with the current state of society, the current state of technology. All the current states. So I'm about to start a new group called the Current State of Things in General Club. And that'll be open only to people of a certain mindset or and disposition. What will you talk about? Certain Cur- things. Certain things. Yeah. And the current state of certain things. The current state of certain things. Yeah. I, I, I like it. It's yeah. It's got promise. You're like, invited. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. I am one of those certain people. Is it of a certain age? No. Oh, okay. We don't discriminate. Okay. <laughs> On today's show, we talk about knowing when to call it quits, and then we talk to an expert on business succession planning. And at the end of the show, we talk about things we are so done with. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples Inc. For our big topic, we decided that to kick off the start of our fourth season, let's talk about when to call it quits. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the fourth season, I think. Isn't that what most podcast I think guides that's, say? Yeah, probably, probably. Okay. When do you call it quits? Um, in terms of like owning a business, and particularly with your couple in business, that's a tough decision because you your livelihood and your family's livelihood is tied to two people in a business. And at what point do you say, you know what, this isn't working, it's time to call it quits? Or... I'm done, I'm retiring, calling it quits. I mean, there are a couple of different ways you can call it quits. Or is it like attorneys general, calls it quit? Calls it quit. Calls it quit. Um, There are kind of of a couple of different reasons why you might want to, and some of them may be not so good. And some of them may be, hey, we're moving on to another chapter of our life. But we thought we'd talk about, you know, when, when do you just know it's time and what are some factors to think about? Yeah, and these are not hard and fast mm-hmm. rules, but the six guidelines that we have here uh, are pretty well documented. I think they're, they're a good jumping off point. Yeah, we have an article we referenced uh, from hermoney.com, mm-hmm. and we'll leave a link in the show notes. But yeah, you're right. They list six, six signs. So let's, let's talk about those. Let's break each one down. Yes. Number one. Mm-hmm. Can we do it in a countdown format? Because you know I love that. <laughs> you too. Well, so I mean, we do you start... want to do a drum roll in between? Oh. Number one. I, this is kind of a serious topic. Though. Oh, do that's we true. we want to joke it up like that? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a drum roll is always appropriate, isn't it? It's nice, but yeah. not It could be a sad now. drum roll. We can do it in, in our next segment. All right. Here we go. So, number one. Number one, you aren't meeting annual revenue projections. Ooh, that is a sad one. That's a tough one. Yeah, and it could be a case of adjusting your projections, mm-hmm. uh, commensurate to how the economy is or how your sector is doing. Are we in a recession of some sort that's affecting your sales? Has your business 
not marketed itself very well. You haven't been present in the marketplace. Um, yeah, kind of like, that like sort of thing. what you're saying is like, you know, okay, so obviously I've heard this many, many times. Your first year of business will likely you, – you won't make much of anything your first year. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is an investment year. Mm-hmm. But maybe you don't like pull the plug immediately. You find those things. Like you're talking about the various sources. Have you marketed yourself? Have you spent too much on inventory? Yeah. You know, can you find different sources or um, different places to source the the products you're selling? Or is it a price structure thing? As with many other things about your business, mm-hmm. it could be ex- external forces. That is true. That you, you, don't, can't, you don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah, you can't change those things no. like people dealing with less spending money. Mm-hmm. But maybe you don't pull the plug right away. And look at all these different things, but you do have to at some point, you know, there's the idea that I've already invested so much in this, I don't want to quit. Yeah. And you've got to kind of think, okay, is it worth me continuing to invest in something that doesn't seem to be profitable? Like a few episodes ago, you talked about artisanal shoelaces. <laughs> so I did. maybe that's, maybe it turns out your product was not, you know, going to sell well, and we have you're some not prototypes making... <laughs> that are almost ready. <laughs> yes, and you're not making the profits you thought. Right. Well, you do you keep digging deeper or not? And our expert in the next segment will talk a little bit more about this topic yeah. too. I think if it's a trend, mm-hmm. if you notice a trend over several quarters or whatever your business model dictates that your time frames sort of, so to speak, are the business time frames. Yeah, and you got to be realistic. Maybe it is time. And just because, like for instance. Um, you called it quits with your radio production company. I did not call it quits. I never said I quit. <laughs> I never said. You know, you transitioned into because there was a change in the market yes. that you could not control. Several changes in the Several market. Several changes. And so instead of doing audio only, uh-huh. which is what you did, uh-huh. you joined me and diversified what you do, and we kind of formed a different company. So just because you call it quits or you don't call it quits if you just stop one project if you got the entrepreneurial spirit you may not you know end up like giving up the dream of owning a business it just may be not that business right mm-hmm. all right number two your personal health has gone south Ooh. now let me kind of paraphrase this your personal health has taken a turn for the worse because south doesn't always have to be mm-hmm. bad we're in the South. <laughs> well, and, given the humidity sometimes? Well, yeah. If your mm-hmm. personal health has gone to humidity, <laughs> gone to humidity. you may <laughs> want to reconsider. No, I see what you're saying. If it's gone in a negative way, and it doesn't necessarily have to be – it doesn't have to be something like you've got a disease and you're, you're dying. It could be a case of you've got something that the sheer amount of time you have to take to manage it or the side effects, for instance – we deal with uh, my cancer diagnosis. Yeah, I have sure metastatic cancer. Right now, it's manageable. Um, yeah. But if there came a time where I was dealing with way too much fatigue based on a treatment, that could be, you know, I don't know if we call it quits as much as maybe we might pull back, but you've got to be realistic that yeah. you've got to take care of your health as well. Yeah. If there if there's a treatment issue there that's going to take an extended period of time mm-hmm. where you're away from your business... You might look at it. Yeah. And it, it again, it depends on the type of business. If, if it were, like, so for instance, you and I, we don't have a large staff that could fill in 
you know, and so it's on a case of we own a business that could pretty much run itself and we may be able to take a few months off. If it's significantly affecting your business, then you may need to look at other options. One of the risks or downsides of having a micro business. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, your mission loses its luster. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to push back a little bit on this. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, losing the business luster, that's kind of a broad thing, and it may be indicative of you losing your enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for what you're doing or your passion for what you're doing. A lot of business owners do that. Yeah, there's an ebb and flow to it. many of them tough it out. Yeah. Because you'll go through ebbs and flows in your passion for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. One thing that you can do as kind of a sidebar is to sort of reinvent your tasks or your business Mm -hmm. to better match current market conditions or your current state of creativity or what you think your current mission should be. Um, getting you know your team on board with it, doing all that sort of thing. Bring new team members on board or collaborate with new contractors. Yeah, I think that's the nature of this list too, is that it says, you know, basically it was entitled Six Signs It's Time to Close Your Business. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of saying these are signs to be aware of and they might lead to the closure, but sometimes it's something you just, like you said, you write it out. You've lost your enthusiasm. The mission has lost its luster. Um, so yeah, maybe you own a bakery or own a bakery and sometimes you just can't get energized to, I, I always go to bakery, don't I? Well, I know it's, it's a good role for you. For what, baking? Yeah. Well, I enjoy those classes. I don't do it well. They don't look nice, I, but I love watching those shows. You don't I feel like to... you rise to the occasion? Oh, stop. <laughs> I knew you were setting up for a pun. I know you but... don't loaf around very oh. much. Any way you slice it, the bakery is a perfect analogy. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. All of those are true. Please. Gosh, you're so corny. Um, But like say you you can't get excited about baking yet another pie. Okay. Is it time to close the business? Or like you said, is it time to switch things up a little bit? Um, Bring somebody else in and maybe you focus on one other aspect of your your business. Or just find a way to break away, get energized, and come back to why you started your business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe if it's gotten to a point where it is drudgery and you hate it and it does not bring you any joy whatsoever, then maybe you do consider like selling or moving on. But Maybe in some of these cases, you just kind of ride it out. Not feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. is no excuse. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. It is, you know, and, and I'm only kind of joking about that. Right. The, the thing about it being in, in business is it is no picnic. Right. It's not 100% rainbows all the time. Mm-hmm. You are going to be in for some tough rows. Yeah. So. You got to have, yeah, you've got to have some resilience. And so. You've got to be realistic about when to close, but you mm-hmm. also need to have your expectations tempered like, okay, yeah, there are going to be times when I am going to be very frustrated or I'm going to, you know, dread getting up, but that might pass if I, you know, if it with time or with some changes. Temper your frustration. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? You love your product more than your customers do. Hence the artisanal shoelaces. Well, I didn't say I love it. Oh. I'm just kind of, you know, looking at it. Like I said, the prototypes are still in the works. Shark Tank's waiting for you. Well, you won't believe the fibers that we've come up with. (laughs) 
Wow. It's just so exciting. And they're free-range shoelaces, too, right? They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to be responsible with our shoelaces. Yes, sustainable shoelaces. Yes. So, okay, so you love your product more than your customers do. That, that is a problem, but it's not necessarily um, not an unovercomable but <laughs> what insurmountable. We, insurmountable. Yeah. I was like, I know there's but a I like word. Like unovercomable too. Unovercomable. Uh, yeah. Insurmountable. It's not insurmountable. The mobile gaming app business owner from the article mm-hmm. was talking about. He finally realized that he wasn't really paying attention to the market because he was so focused on his perception right. of his app. Mm-hmm. And I think in that world, especially, it gets easy. That's 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 one of the default things. Oh, I've come up with this great thing. I'm going to play it and love it and nourish it and raise it to high school and beyond and all of that kind of stuff. Right. If the market isn't seeing it. Well, that comes from doing a really strong business plan before you even start. Right. Now, things change, but... Is there? Are you solving a problem? Are you providing a service? Are you, you know, supplying something for a need? You've got to kind of figure out the marketplace. I remember years ago, um, there was a store. It was like all things purple. It didn't last, obviously, because it was, it was cute, but it really didn't make a lot of sense. Number one, the town it was in didn't have like a. It wasn't like the mascot of the college team was purple it was actually blue and so it wasn't like that could really sell you know all things yeah. blue there even, wasn't a built-in affinity yeah, yeah it's it and there were some cute things you can get you know mugs sweatshirts right but it was like it lacked an identity other than purple and that's a very specific audience and like i said it wasn't like a built-in audience like if you were if you were in an area where the college or high school or other places the the school colors were purple that would make sense because then you wouldn't necessarily have to have licensed items like with the university or mascot for the high school, but people would like to get purple things. That might be something. But anyway, but the idea is you've got to think about your customer. You can love your idea so much, yeah. but you you can't just put it out there because you enjoy it. You need to make sure there's an audience for it and that you're marketing what it is you do to the right audience. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, your, number five, mm-hmm. your key employees are leaving. If your team members are walking out the door, you you need to take a look at your process. You need to take a look at the way that you're treating them, the way you're challenging them, the way that you're compensating them. Mm-hmm. But it's also, there's a sports analogy here. A lot of times you hear about a great coach. He's won several championships or she's won several championships at the top of their game. They always recruit well. They get their players to buy in. Their players are very talented. Everything comes together. But it's very often not because of that coach it's because of their assistance. Mm. They have the support team in place that sees to a lot of the details when the coach has to focus on the forest. Right, They see right. the trees. Mm-hmm. They tend to the trees. And you'll see that happen. You know, the coach wins championship, championship, cha- and then something happens. They have an off year. Well, if you look, a lot of times, one or more of the assistant coaches has left. In the sporting world, you do kind of want that for your assistants. You want them to go on to their own success mm-hmm. that they can put their stamp on and be head coaches and, and have a career like that. Mm-hmm. 
but it does in business especially and especially these days when it's so hard to retain staff Mm -hmm. you just have to double down on the things that keep them motivated and keep them happy and challenged and compensated but do you think this is on the list of reasons or it's time to close your business do you think this belongs on this list of time to close your business or should it be on a different list time to review your processes or time to review your internal systems oh yeah I, I don't think, think it's time to close. I think it's more of a reevaluate some things. That could be, yeah. If you're objective enough, and sometimes it pays to have somebody else come in, mm-hmm. a consultant, and uh, start picking their brain over what you're doing and how you can make it better so that the, the assistants and the, the people that are on your team don't leave so often. Or maybe you're not, you're a good business owner, but not necessarily a good leader. And so you need that Why you layer. Why at me when you say that? <laughs> Will you hush? That's Are you, you about to quit? No, no, no. I've, I've talked to Jody in HR and Good. fine. But no, maybe you need a layer. Maybe, and you hate to add to the bottom line, but maybe if you're seeing enough people leave, you're not a good people person or a good leader. You're a great innovator or an idea person or a money person. Mm-hmm. And maybe you need that extra layer to do operations for you so that that you don't lose the key people who are going to make you a success and your business a success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Number six and the last item, sleep mode isn't an option. You referenced this earlier, like if there's a health issue or other things. What is sleep mode? Sleep mode is where you – this is the first I've ever heard of it. Me too when I saw this article. I don't know if it's still a thing. It's – and I don't know – what it would mean for us, for our mm-hmm. business, sleep mode would essentially be, hey, we're closed. Right. It's where you take time off. You gear your business down. According to the article, it's to the bare bones. Mm-hmm. You may have to lay off some of your team. You may have to drop some customers, drop some suppliers. And I don't know then what you do for money. Well, going back to the bakery as an example, I could see sleep mode for a bakery. Say they have a a shop, maybe two, and they have a staff, and they're open for breakfast and lunch. Mm -hmm. They decide to go into sleep mode, which means they close their locations, lay off the people, and simply just do specialty cakes by order from their home baker, a home kitchen, or a... um, what do they call it? Like when you could rent out a kitchen or something? Oh, commercial kitchen. Commercial kitchen yeah. rental yeah. place or something. And that you just do custom cakes. And that's you make enough money for yourself, but you don't have the overhead. You don't have the stuff. But you pull back because, say, for instance, during the pandemic, maybe you're like, okay, I can't have a bakery open, but I can still maintain my brand and I could still do something. Um, or maybe you're a bookstore and you get rid of your location and you go to online sales only for a while before you when you can bring back. That's how I could see sleep mode as an option for some people. But you're right. If, if it's not, then that does go to the what's your next step? Is it closing your business, selling your business, or reconfiguring it yeah the article uh, kind of mentions this as a way to sort of reground yourself mm-hmm. and, and reset but i don't know how you power back up from that that would take a i mean i'm thinking you, that would built, take a lot of mental especially if you have staff yeah. you've you've trained them and, and made them into you know your part of your machine mm-hmm. and then you do away with them 
Well, okay, you call them up when you're ready to stop sleep mode and go back into active mode. And how many of them are going to be willing to yeah, come back? That would be back? very tough. I'm thinking from the mental, like, have you failed your business when you, you know, down scale? Like, do you, can you come back from that mentally, from the sleep mode to gear back up and say, yeah, I'm willing to take the risk again to open a storefront or risk, you know, to hire people? Yeah, that would that would be a tough thing, and I I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll again we'll talk to our expert here in the next segment about succession planning, and I he'll have some insight I think into recognizing the time to close your business, and when you are looking to close your business, what do you do? And selling it could be a good way to recoup what you've or you know, put into it and potentially retain employees for the next owner to employ. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, that said, I'm going into sleep mode now. <laughs> Our interview guest for this segment is Todd Knuckles, a business consultant and author of the book, The 80-20 Business, Big Results from Small Changes. Here's what Todd had to say about succession for business owners. Todd, tell us a little bit about um, what makes a good succession plan. And in your opinion, how many years prior to retirement should a business owner think about it or start creating one? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that makes a a really good business plan that people never think of is that you have to have a goal uh, for what you're going to do after you transition the business, you know, you, you think about it and you spent decades, which is 40, 50, 60 hours of your life every week. And, and really when you're home, you're thinking about the business. And so you, your life is the business. And, and what uh, most business owners don't think about is what do I do next? And what am I going to fill this void with? And so what I like to do, step one of a transition plan is let's do some goal setting. And so with husbands and wives, I'll have them do um, separate goal setting and then we'll come together and compare notes. And that's where sometimes we have our uh-oh moment because the <laughs> wife wants to tra- travel all over the world. The husband <laughs> wants to play golf seven days a week. Yeah, I was going to say, how days. often do those match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not very often, strangely oh, no. enough. But, uh, but, but anyhow, we, we, we'll figure it out. But we have to figure those things out first. And that's an important part of a good business plan on here. And and if you don't have that, in fact, if you don't have goals for your business every step of the way, what I see is many times business owners will, I call it retiring in place where they're still there every day, but they're, they're just going through the motions. And unfortunately, what tends to happen is the business starts to dwindle. And when the business starts to dwindle, it obviously becomes less valuable and so forth. So so those are things we have to figure out first. And, and you know, For example, I had a business owner, uh, he and his wife, their goal was to be a million dollars in revenue and get the kids through college. That happened. They achieved that goal. They didn't create another goal. And so um, the business started to dwindle. Now, fortunately, they were able to sell the business and we went through that. But you always have to be looking forward to something with these businesses um, because they are such such a large part of your life. Now, in terms of a timeline, I like to look out about three years before you want to get out. And and year one of that plan is figuring out that goal, the what's next goal. But it's also uh, going through things like talking to your tax advisor, talking to your financial planner, getting a value placed on your business and so forth, because your business is just one, you know, one part of your overall financial portfolio. 
portfolio and people need to advise you the best way to uh, make this happen. Years two and three are when you're trying to sell your business. And uh, the reason I say two years is because if you get a one or even two offers per year on your business, that's that's pretty typical. This is not like selling a house. And so it takes longer. And even when you get an offer, it, it could take six months before everything goes through and the buyer gets financing and, and so forth. So so you have to give it some time to sell on there. And then the final thing is you have to be mentally ready for this because when you're in the actual selling mode, uh, the owner has to come in every day and act like he's going to work forever. Uh, but at the same time, he has to realize that sometimes somebody will come along and buy the business and he has to be ready to leave tomorrow. So it's a, it's a tough mental exercise that owners have to go through when they're, they're actually selling their business. One of the other big issues that uh, owners make in terms of mistakes is they run this business for years and, and then they wake up one day, especially when they're doing this goal setting part, they wake up one day and go, oh, wow, I created myself a job, <laughs> not a business. And, and so the business has been totally built around them. And so that, that is a major mistake when you're trying to sell a business because you just can't take yourself out of the business and and that's that's an important part of that so that's that's also um, something you have to avoid when you do that tell us more about that what do you what do you mean by you can't take yourself out of the business so what tends to happen in these especially small businesses is you start your business the business starts to grow you take on a few more responsibilities you might add a person or two and then it grows and you take on a few more responsibilities and at no point in that that growth process did you organize properly and so it was you and a bunch of people probably watching you work as the business owner and so what you tend to have to do is create clear-cut functions and fill those functions with people and delegate things to those functions and and start to remove yourself a little bit from every part of that. And you have to have clear cut processes in place that the new owner can see, uh, see themselves sitting in your seat, but then have a roadmap to follow uh, with all of that. So, so that's how that part works. That is kind of fascinating because a lot of times running a business, you have so much uh, knowledge, historic knowledge and institutional in your head. And how do you get that to the next person? Yeah, it's not like it's an osmosis. Yeah, thing that's or any, but you've got to plan like for that because you've got a plan that you are not always going to be here. So, what happens in these scenarios? That that is definitely, I think, something people need to think about. Todd, if you have a son or daughter or other family member that's interested in taking over, how do you go about making that transition work and making it uh, sort of seamless? Sure. The most important part of that is never ever give away your business. Don't ever just give it away. And and the reason for that is you've spent decades building this up. You understand you put in the blood, sweat, and tears to get it where it is. And you just take this and hand it to a son or daughter who's not experienced any of that. And it's not going to be as valuable to them. And so so that's the first thing. You, you don't give it away. You sell it. And you 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 have them go out and get a loan and, and, and put some, you know, put their house on the line and 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 take some risk and now you can take the proceeds and split it up any way you want but but the business itself needs to you know needs to be sold now let's say you have multiple sons and daughters what do you do well you decide you know, they decide which one uh, wants to you know again put their house on the line and buy the business because i've seen horror stories where uh, multi-million dollar businesses have have split 
the business up to you know three three children, and that wasn't good because only one child really should be running that business, and and it's and it split up the business. The business ended up uh, you know really spiraling downhill pretty quickly with that. So that that's the biggest thing. You really want to sell it to the one that's most capable of running the business. They need to understand what I call the work of the work. They need to understand how everything works in your business uh, in order to do that, and then. Finally, you need to train them on the role you have as, as in, you know, as the owner, and and that means they need to understand how to read and interpret financials. They need to understand how to organize around functions, how to how to lead teams, how to train people, how to counsel workers, and ultimately how to how to make sales calls. Because you grew the business, probably selling as an owner, and so the you know the son or daughter taking over needs to learn those skills as well. That's a good point because um, I feel like we've read and Glenn, you may have uh, the the third generation of a business is more likely to fail. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Todd, you can probably fill yeah. in that blank. One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's probably because there's not the investment. It was just no you commitment. Were, yeah, you were just given yeah. it, given it. Um, I guess inherited it, and you didn't really buy it. So would you recommend that it is sold at the um, full value or like, again, even or for the for a child or an outside party about the you know valuation of your business? How do you go sure. about doing that? What you want to do um, when it's time to sell the business, and I do, do recommend you sell it to the son or daughter at the same price you would sell it to an outside party. I mean, you've spent 20, 30 years of your life building this asset and, and doing that. So yes, I would definitely uh, do that. But um, what has to happen when you're ready to sell a business, either again to son or daughter or to an outside party is, um, you know, I'll go back to what I said earlier, which is the business has to be organized around functions so that, you know, someone else can sit in your seat. But then you also need to make the business as profitable as possible. And, and that's because that's how the business is valued. And so in your last couple of years before you put the business on the market, you need to normalize your expenses. And by that, I mean, you take out the golf membership that you're running through your business. You take out the Porsche delivery vehicle you're running through your business <laughs> and you yeah, and yeah, Glenn, will you go ahead and take off those things off of our business? No, not, <laughs> not just yet. Not yet. <laughs> you want to have, you want to show what the true bottom line dollars are on that on that business because what's going to happen is you'll take those bottom line dollars and you'll uh, you'll add back in interest and taxes and depreciation and amortization. It's a formula called EBITDA, and then you multiply that. And, and typically you multiply that by 2.8, which is what the uh, Small Business Administration will give a loan for in most cases, for most most markets. And and that's that becomes what you sell your business for and you put it onto uh, the market for. So those last two years are really, really important uh, to do that. And then the other thing you take a look at is, you know, is your business top heavy? In other words, is the bulk of your business in one or two accounts? If it is, that's going to reduce that multiple because there's more risk there. So you're mm -hmm. going to want to look at things like that and spreading that out. And then finally, I'll tell you, you know, the rules for the SBA today and these change often but for today, they will only give a loan for about 85 percent of the uh, of the business worth, which means there's going to be about a 15 percent that either you, the seller, has to take on as a note or if you don't want to do that, the buyer has to go and get a second mortgage on their house and pay that last 15% or something like that. So those are all parts of uh, the negotiation that you have. And, you know, even, even if 
your business values based on the 2.8, it doesn't mean you can't ask for more. It's just what, you know, more more than likely the, the buyer will be able to get a loan for. So there, yeah, there's a lot to consider. No wonder you're talking about doing the three-year plan because you've got to, you can't just say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to sell my business. You've got to be laying mm-hmm. the groundwork and getting things in order uh, from profitability yeah. to streamlining to processes um, all the way through and then the whole process of negotiating price. So yeah, that's definitely something you have to think well in advance of saying, yeah, I'm ready to retire. I'm going to sell. Absolutely. So are there times, Todd, when it's better to just close rather than sell, given all the information that you've just given us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, very rarely does this happen, but I have had it happen a few times. And, you know, one of the reasons would be maybe the health of the owner uh, is, is not doing well, and that's a good time to do that. But I'll tell you, the biggest reason to close rather than sell is when the owner gives up. And I've witnessed this a few times over the last 24 years. I mean, these were owners in great markets. They had great opportunities, but they were just for whatever reason, they were just going through the motions and they just didn't want to do it anymore. And so so I suggested that they they close or sell or something like that. And so when, when the owner gives up, you know, my recommendation is you stop digging the hole, stop going deeper into debt, and, and we figure out how to get you out in the least painful way possible. And so virtually all businesses can be sold for parts, just like a junkyard sells a car for parts. Um, you, know, you can sell the account list, you can sell equipment, you can sell stuff. Um, so even if you, you want to get out, you can still probably make a little bit of money uh, on your way out. And so I will also say this is another reason why during your business career, you try and buy a building, the building your business is in, if possible, because that becomes another asset. And so even if you get out of the business, you have an asset sitting there that you could sell uh, to someone else as well. All right. One last question. And um, we will leave a link in our show notes to your book. Tell us a bit about uh, about that, uh, that book and what you hope people uh, get from picking it up and reading it. Sure, absolutely. The the book is called The 80-20 Business, Big Results from Small Changes, and it's based on the 80-20 rule, which of course is 80% of what we get is created by 20% of our efforts. Now, I wrote it based on my work with business owners over the years because what I've realized is business owners don't need more on your plate, you need less on your plate. And so the book is about teaching you how to remove things from your plate, Focus on the 20% that matters most and achieve more in all areas of your business, whether it be financially or organizationally or sales and marketing. And, and of course, buying back your time and buying back your time from that business, which is usually one of the biggest stealers of, of, of a family business owner is time more than anything else. Wow. Yeah, we'll definitely leave a link to that so you can uh, so people can buy it on, uh, I believe, Amazon is the link you gave me. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a it was a pleasure. Now at the water cooler. Here we are with the things that we are so done with. I love the way it's so done with. I know. And I'm, I should make that a song. Yes. And did you, you added the water cooler. Gangnam style. Sound. So yeah. that's good. Because so, we are at the water cooler, and usually we talk about things we like. But yeah, today, not so much. We hate. Well, we're not hate, so but we're just we're done over with. We're All right. over these things. All right. You want me to start? I would love for you to start telling me what you're done, done with. Yeah, what do you want to stop? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 
this is what I'm done with, so I'm going to start. Um, number one, the iPhone only being able to have one app open at a time. Huh, you I never really thought about that. <laughs> extra steps that you have to go through to close your app when you want to open another one. Yeah. And I think that thumbologists everywhere are starting to see a rise in thumble tunnel disease because of this. <laughs> so are you saying that you want on that tiny screen, mm-hmm. unless you have a really big iPhone, but even then it's still tinier, you want to have like four apps open? Yeah. Like, and then or they're more. on the screen? As many as I want. As many as you want. Unlimited apps. Well, don't they stay open kind of? They stay open. After, even after you close them, that's why you have to go back and do those swipe e- Swipe thing. and stuff. Yeah. They, yeah. Stay, they can stay open. So it's not like it's that hard. So they're already open. Why don't we so, just... Why can't we just access them in in another way? Like with an icon on a phone interface? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I'm so done with it. So, so done, done with, with it. it. Okay, so my first one mm-hmm. is also technology-based, sort of. I am so done with clickbait YouTube. Oh. All of the mm. images nowadays are people in distress. Like they're holding their heads. They're either in a lot of pain or they're... It's full of angst. Their heads in a crocodile. Their heads in a crocodile. And in the question on the thumbnail, will say, did we just make the biggest mistake of our lives? And you watch the video and the answer is no. Yes. No, they didn't. But they want you to think. I mean, it's not like a want tragedy. I mean, I don't want someone's head to be stuck in a crocodile. Don't you? I've been looking at your browsing history and (laughs) I think the crocodile plays an outsized part. I mean, I'm hoping if it was in a crocodile head... That it, or the head was in a crocodile jaws, that they got out okay. I don't want tragedy, but they're setting me up for like, oh no! And there's like fire in the background or yeah, something. The crocodile's and on fire. The crocodile, your head is in its jaws. It's on fire, and a you're going over croc. a waterfall. Yes, that's the thumbnail. And then it's like, did we just make the biggest mistake? Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh yeah, we saw. You see a video of them seeing a crocodile, and that's yeah. it. Again. Don't want them to actually die in a crocodile and slash fire related accident. But I'm like, why does it have to be so tragic? Everything you see is like they're all sad or whatever. It's kind of like, I don't know. And then the little part one or my 1A for this is the historic or scientific videos that are just robots reading Wikipedia pages and using stolen copyrighted video and images. That Mm -hmm. irritates the crap out of me. Because you'll see like 2 million views and then you open it and like those 2 million views may have been like three seconds before they realized it was a robot reading something. I don't know. I don't think I've encountered that yet, but... Yeah, you've seen those where they, they're like um, the top Oh, I know 10. what you're talking about. I'm yeah. talking about... I, I was thinking about something else. I don't know. Maybe the, the YouTube confusion. Yes. Let's that's, do away with it. YouTube confusion. We are so done with done you. With it. Yeah, and we're going to make a, a new channel called UsTube. Yes. Not you, us. Because <laughs> it's about us, not yes. about you anymore. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Number two on my list is road construction. I, you know those signs that say end road work mm-hmm. they're everywhere I wish that would come true and I'm going to start making a line of t-shirts that have that on them I bet it'd be a big seller are you going to start chanting like a protest I will stand at some construction sites for the right amount of money I mean, we could maybe crowdsource this 
You think? And road work. Yeah. And road work. And I'd be handing out free samples of those artisanal shoelaces. Artisanal too, shoelaces. At these demonstrations. But you wouldn't so. have to make any signs. You just have to take them off the That's true. thing. You wouldn't have no protest signs. Just and wear my t shirt. And wear your t shirt. Yeah. So, all right, road construction. We are so, so done, done with, with it. it. Mm. All right, my second one emails from sales reps telling me that they are going to increase my client list. I get so many of these emails promising that they'll find more clients with their targeted customer acquisition software or system or cold emails. Yes. Now, the irony of this is I am not a good target for this service. They are sending me emails for the service to target customers for me. You can't identify your own customers. Yeah. So how am I going to trust you to just basically I'll pay you so you can cold email and spam everybody else? I just I hate those. I don't understand. And I wish I was off whatever list that they got. I mean, it's not that I don't want new clients, but I know the way to get new clients is not through spam email. You'd have to go off the grid. I have to go off the grid. Can, can we do that? No, I don't think so. Because I am so done with the grid that I'm got so done with, with the a spam grid. grid. Yeah. <laughs> spam so grid. Done. We are so yeah. done with it. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Um, number three on my list is another technology item. That, okay, I've got it. my next one is technology oh, no, too. What? What is technology? I don't know. It's, if it's, it's not helping. Us. It's hurting. I know. Make it stop. Because <sighs> I don't have any. I'm out of aspirin. <laughs> AI. Yes. I am an early abandoner. <laughs> Instead of an early adopter. I hate it already. You know, the, there's a new song coming out uh, toward the end of this year, I think, is the schedule by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be their last ever song. And they used, from the accounts I've heard, AI to help make it. Oh. Well, right when they announced that, I was looking at it on YouTube, and there were so many other videos that said new Beatles song. And you clicked on them. And they were people that were using AI to cobble together a new song out of an existing Beatles song that might have had George singing the lead instead of Ringo. Mm-hmm. That song never existed. But if that stays on YouTube long enough, people are going to think it did. People in future generations are going to be going, "Yeah, I remember when they sang Bohemian Rhapsody. That was great." Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm an I have, well, the fact that I'm a big Terminator movie series fan, I. I've got to have to say, I need to be in an early abandoner, oh, too. Yeah. I did see a funny meme. It's like, oh, I'm happy to write emails for you or documents for you. Just tell me where John Connor is. Yeah. So AI is talking to us through that. <laughs> Your pal, Skynet. Skynet. I know. So AI, we, we are, are so, so done, done with, with it. You. Oh, it or you? you well, with AI. I, hey, I, it's ooh. an it. Don't don't give are it the power. Sure? Don't give it the power of uh, being a you. Wow, no. <laughs> It's us. Us too. Us us too. All right. My next one, also technology. Gosh, we are so curmudgeonly Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. All right. Telling a robot that I am not a robot. Those check each box with a stoplight in it to prove that you're not a robot. Okay. First of all, I start looking at that and doubt, do I know what a stoplight looks like? Is that a stoplight or is that just a pole? It's pressure that it puts you on. And I have to like hit the, you know... The re like change the picture several yeah. times, which makes it suspicious. I know it has to be because I'm like, I keep looking for the easy one, but I'm like, okay, that's kind of in the corner. And is it a stoplight or is that a bicycle? Wait, is that a vehicle? 
it it's killing me. And I'm telling a robot this. I am not a robot, but I have to tell a robot AI system that I am not one. And it feels very, I don't know, annoying. You so, are doing the robot's bidding. I, I guess I am already. So robot, telling a robot I'm not a robot, so, so done, done with it. With a robot. You, with you. Okay, you we're robots. so done with you. If, okay. if you're listening and you're a robot. We're done with you. We're done with you, but we don't mean it personally. Right. Unless it was like from uh, Lost in Space. That was kind of a fun robot. Well, we saw the good part of him. 30 oh, minutes a week. I mean, yeah. you think about the other hours That's that they true. were on that planet. Who knows him? what he was doing. For me, this is not technology related, but I am so done with not getting the right ratio of hot fudge to ice cream when getting a sundae. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm there for the hot fudge. Mm-hmm. Some people may be there for the ice cream. I'm there for the hot fudge. Maybe so some are there for the pickles, too. Some are there for the pickles for the Sunday. Yes. Okay. So for me, two parts fudge, one part ice cream would be heaven. But I get that's not that's not what people want. So I'll accept one part each. But I hate when I get two parts ice cream with one small, small dollop of hot fudge. I think that's unacceptable, and I am so done, done with, with it. it. Well, stand up for your rights. I for am. For your fudge rights. Exactly. And my ice cream, you know, needs to... The portions can be corrected. I think you could probably ask them, you know, just put a little bit of ice cream on there, but make it mostly fudge. Yeah. Mostly hot fudge. Mostly hot fudge. I guess I could, but, you know, I'm lazy, so... And I don't want to. I don't want to work. I'm so done with that. So done with working for your Sunday. All right. What's your next one? This episode of the podcast. What? I am so done with it. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together. We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review. And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.